0: For a long time, I've wondered, how have I seen the movie, several movies based on him, and wondered, how have I not, have not missed this? How could I have possibly missed this for so long? It's wildly interesting. And if you think back to how it started, where the mystery and the legend came from, how did and you think about the the, the movies you think about well first of all I'm going to talk a lot about the Man in the Iron Mask and the movie with Leo DiCaprio you kind of think in knowing what he became and the actress he was and this is coming from a guy who's not the best Leo the best or biggest Leo DiCaprio fan but I remember seeing the Man in the Iron Mask and thinking that was a pretty good job it's a pretty good, pretty good acting job. Pretty good portrayal. Now, later on, as time has elapsed, I've wondered, Leo DiCaprio as Louis XIV? Eh, I can... It's kind of a stretch. And maybe it's just me that people say different things about Leo DiCaprio and different have different beliefs, but I'm not the biggest fan. And I don't think he's the greatest. I mean, he's not by any stretch of the imagination. He's not a horrible actor by any stretch. But I've often wondered, how do you, is, is it really that believable? And it also got me into wondering, like, how could I dig more into this? And how much more can I get into the mystery of was the man in the iron mask an actual person? was he an actual member of history? Was he? Was, is there actual historical background to it? And a lot of the research that I've done, and my producers and I have done, is that a lot of history says that, yes, he actually existed. About 352 years ago, in around, in around 1669, he actually existed. Now, there's several debates and several stories about what who he was and who his what his identity was and where it might have where the mystery and the story might have come from and a lot has there's the, there's some credibility to well i while it there is a bit of a stretch to it while you could argue well there's a bit of a stretch to it and you can kind of argue that was louis the was he louis the Fourteenth's twin brother and and therefore by being twins as one of our producers can attest by being twins one is just a couple can be a couple minutes older than the other one and by by primogeniture which i've talked about in a previous episode of the time it would have passed to the eldest male sibling and given that it was supposed that should the man in the iron mask or was the man in the iron mask a twin of Louis the Fourteenth. It was suggested that Louis the Fourteenth was the younger brother. And to put the man in an iron mask in a mask, it held his identity so that no one could see or no one could could become acquainted with who was this person and realize, hey, that's the king. He and then they find out hey, he's the older of the two twins. Granted it may be by just a couple minutes, but He is the older of the two twins, so he should be the rightful king, not Louis. So maybe that could be the reason why Louis and other people had him clasped in an iron mask. No one really knows. There's other arguments as to who the man was. And a lot of history and a lot of story goes into it. And it's actually, and a lot of this research that I've had to do comes from LiveScience.com and Wikipedia and other several famous famous um, French documentaries and French French stories about him, and it's great. It's actually a 352-year-old French mystery. In the new book, Paul, Saint, Paul Sanino, a professor of history at UC Santa Barbara, claims he has uncovered the real identity of the miss. Man in the Iron Mask. The man in the Iron Mask was a prisoner arrested in 1669 and, hel- and held in the Bastille and other French jails for more than three decades until his death in 1703. His identity has been, a- has been an enduring mystery because throughout his imprisonment the man's face was hidden by a mask, according to Senino. The story was even popularized in the 1998 film, which I just mentioned, The Man in the Iron Mask, starring Leo DiCaprio. Now, a lot of stories have said that, a lot of legends have said that the mask wasn't actually iron. It may have been velvet or something more of a different kind of fabric. And... Famous, famous authors like Voltaire and Alexandre Dumas has, has just turned it into iron. Now, there's a lot of mystery about that. And it's a mystery that, that evaded even famed philosophers Voltaire and Alex- and writer Alexandre Dumas. I know his, a lot of people have asked and texted in, and not texted, and written in, and said, well, you know, you're doing this one on the Man in the Inner Mask, how do you actually pronounce the writer's last name? Well, it's D-U-M-A-S, but he's French, so it's pronounced Alexandre Dumas. Historians have discounted the theory popularized by Voltaire and Dumas that the masked man was, a, was the twin brother of Louis XIV. They, the historians, are pretty much in agreement that his name was Eustace Doger. Eustace D A U G E R Dodger, maybe that he only occasionally wore the mask, and that when he did wear it, when he did wear a mask, it was velvet, not iron. Sunino has said in a statement, "There are all. There are also quite. They are also quite sure that he was a valet. What they have not been able to figure out is whose valet he was." And for what possible reason, he was held under tight security for over 30 years. It has been said in several reports that I've read, and several research, research that I've been able to dig up, that he was actually, when he was held for 30 years, he was actually treated almost like royalty. He was treated very, very well. And, and brought all sorts of kind of great things. And he was treated with respect. And one of the things of respect, except for him. one of the things that he was that it was said was that he could do and say anything he wanted as long as it didn't have anything to do with unmasking him, both figuratively and through speech. Actually, um, he could never remove the mask, there were guards with him all the time, there was a musketeer near him who was will, who could shoot him if he removed the mask the musketeer was under instructions to kill him, to shoot him. So he could do and say whatever he wanted, but he couldn't remove the mask or hint at what the mask was covering. In the search for the Man in the Iron Mask, a historical detective story, Sunino leads the reader through historical records, correspondence regarding the prisoner, and other aspects of his investigation. Through his research, Sunino has determined... That dogger was a valet for the treasurer of Cardinal Mazarin, who was a principal minister of France during Louis the early life. Mazarin accumulated a large fortune, and Senino believes the valet thought that some of the money was stolen. What I was able to determine was that Mazarin had ripped off some of his large for- of his huge fortune from the previous king and queen of England. Senino has said. Dogger must have must have blabbed at the wrong time. He was informed, when arrested, that if he revealed his identity to anyone, he would immediately be killed. As for why the man in the iron mask identity has remained veiled throughout history, Cennino said the blame lies with historians, who insist on making it antiseptic, moralistic, and sensible. Life is does not make sense he argues humans are much more complicated than that there is a lot of who there's a lot of debate and a lot of theory as to who he could have been and why as I just read why his why his his face was covered and as I said earlier, it makes sense to assume that he bears some sort of connection, be it being being the cardinal's valet, or bear it by bearing some resemblance to Louis the Fourteenth himself. And it's it's kind of you can think what you want and wonder what you want. And there's a, there's a lot here's a, here's a little bit from history. During the reign of Louis XIV, an enigmatic man spent several decades confined to the Bastille and other French prisons. No one knew his identity or why he was in jail. Even stranger, no one knew what he looked like. The prisoner was never seen without a black velvet mask covering his face. The anonymous prisoner has since inspired countless stories and legends writings by Voltaire Alexander Dumas helped popularize the myth that this mask was made of iron yet most historian, most historians agree that he existed so who was he hundreds of different candidates have been proposed ranging from a member ranging from a member of the royal family to a disgraced French general and even playwright even the playwright Moliere. Still, evidence indicates that only two prisoners were in custody during the same time frame as the mask is said to have been. Ercole Mathiol and Eustache Dogger Mathiol was an Italian count who was abducted and jailed after he tried to double-cross Louis XIV during political negotiations in the late 1670s. He was a long-time prisoner, and his name is similar to Marcioli, M A R C H I O L Y. The alias under which the mask was buried. Even more convincing is that Louis, de, is that Louis the Fifth and Louis the Sixth, the sorry, the Fifteenth and Sixteenth, both supposedly said that the mask was an Italian nobleman. Unfortunately, Mathiol died in 1694, several years too early for him to be the mask. With this in mind, many pointed to the enigmatic Eustace Dogger as the more likely culprit. His 1669 arrest warrant included a letter from a royal minister instructing jailers to restrict his contact with with others, and to threaten him with death if he speaks one word, except about his actual needs, Dogger was frequently shepherded between several prisons, and once he was transported in a covered chair, so that passersby would not see his face. While Dogger was while Dogger is a popular candidate for being the for being the mask. Historians still don't know who he was, or if his name was a pseudonym. Once, one theory holds that he was a lowly valet, like I mentioned earlier, implicated in a political scandal. But he's also identified as a debauched nobleman, a failed assassin, and even, like I mentioned earlier, King Louis XIV's twin brother. Now, whether or not I haven't seen, I haven't seen any, I, I haven't seen any evidence as to whether or not Louis the Fourteenth actually had, Louis the Fourteenth actually had a twin brother. I now you may be able to look at that and say, "Of oh, well, duh, of course he did," or I I just don't I haven't actually seen any tangible evidence that can definitively say. Yes, Louis XIV had a twin brother. Now, given the medieval times and the situations of the time, you can understand how Louis XIV could have a twin brother and then see that this, hey, this brother is a few minutes older than me. So this brother, judging by primogeniture, which at the time was called male preference primogeniture, which if you've listened to a previous episode of mine... You know how much bull I think that is. But, that's beside the point. Go listen to the previous episode. Um, you can understand how Louis Fourteenth would say, Hey, this guy's my twin brother. He looks exactly like me, but he's a few, a few minutes older than me. They're going to say that he has the right to the throne, and I'm Diddly Squat. So i got to do something to cover my butt here excuse me, allergy cough. And I'm gonna clasp him in some sort of, I'm gonna throw him in prison, but I can't just throw him in prison. I've gotta put something over his identity, something to cover his identity so that no one who may, jailers, guards, so that no one who sees him can say, hey, one, Why do they have the king in prison? And two, if they don't, who is this guy who looks like the king? And why is he wrapped up in a mask? So Louis put him in prison, put the mask on him and said, You wear that mask throughout the entire time you're in jail. And no one can ever identify you as being a sibling. Or twin of mine, and therefore my my ascension to the throne and my claim to the throne is legitimate because no one can no one knows you, no one knows you exist. It's it's very it's a very very interesting. So, in the earliest surviving records of the masked prisoner, are from late July 1669, when Louis XIV's minister, the Marquis de Louvois. Sent a letter to, sent a letter to, to. I can't even. I my French is gonna butcher this name. <laughs> sent sent a letter to, to. I'm not gonna. I'm. It's B E N I G N E D O U V E R G N E to Saint Mars. Now, if I pronounce the rest, if I pronounce the first part of that, I'm going to destroy it, totally butcher it. <laughs> so I'm just going to spell it out for you. The then governor of the prison of uh, Pignorol, which at the time was part of France. In his letter, Louvois informed Saint-Marc that, that a prisoner named Eustache Dogger was due to arrive in the next month or so. Louis XIV instructed instructed Saint-Mar to prepare a cell with multiple doors, one closing upon the other, which were to prevent anyone from uh, from the outside listening in. Saint-Mar was to see Dogger only once a day to provide food and whatever else he needed. Dogger was to be told that if he, Dogger, spoke of anything other than his immediate needs, he would be killed. But according to Louvois, the prisoner should not require much sin should not require much since he was only a valet. Historians have noted that the name Eustace Dogger was written in a handwriting different from that used in the rest of the letter's text, suggesting that a clerk wrote the letter under, under Louvois' dict- dictation with while someone else, very likely Louvois, added the name afterward. Dogger was arrested by Captain Alexandre de devois de v o V-O, v a u r o y, garrison commander of, Dun- of Dunkerque Dunker-K, and taken to P- and taken to Pignerol, which he arrived in late August. Evidence has been pr- produced to suggest that the arrest was actually made in Calais and that not even the local governor was informed of the event. Volroy's absence being explained away by his hunting for Spanish soldiers who had strayed into France via the Spanish Netherlands. As you can tell, my French is... When you get long (laughs) sentences like that, my French is just going to is bad. <laughs> Sorry. I kind of butcher some of the words. The first rumors of the prisoner's identity, specifically as specifically as a marshal of France, began to circulate at this point. The prison at Pigneron, like the others at which Darger was later held, was used for, used for men who were considered an embarrassment to the state and usually held only a handful of prisoners at a time. Seymour and other prisoners at Pignerol included Count Ercole Antoine Mattioli, an Italian diplomat who had been kidnapped and jailed for double-crossing the French over the purchase of an over the purchase of the important fortress town of Castellet on the Italian border. There was there was Nicolas Fouquet, Mar- Marquis Marquis of Bellali, a former superintendent of the of Finances who had been jailed by Louis the Fourteenth on the charge of embezzlement, and the Marquis the Marquis de Lausanne, who had been who had become engaged to the Duchess of Montpensier, a cousin of the King without the king's consent, Fouquet's cell was above that of Lausanne. In his letters to Louvois, St. Mare describes Doger as a quiet man, giving, giving no trouble, disposed to the, wall, to the will of God and to the king, compared to his other prisoners, who were always complaining, constantly trying to escape, or simply mad. Doger was not always isolated from the other prisoners. Wealthy and important ones usually held, usually had manservants. Fouquet, for instance, was served by a man called La Riviere. These servants, however, would become as, as much prisoners as their masters, and it was thus difficult to find people willing to volunteer for such an occupation. Because La Riviere was often ill, Saint-Mars applied for the permission for Dogger to act as a servant for Fouquet. In 1675, Louvois gave permission for such an arrangement on a condition that he was to serve Fouquet only while La Riviere was unavailable, and that he was not to meet anyone else. For instance, if Fouquet and Lozun were to meet Doguerre was not to be present. It is is an important point that the man in the mask served as a valet. Fouquet was never expected to be released, thus meeting Doguerre was no great matter, but Lozun was expected to be set free eventually. It would have been important not to have him spread rumors of Doguerre's existence, or of secrets he might have known. Historians have also argued that 17th century protocol made it unthinkable that a man of royal blood would serve as a manservant, casting some doubt on a speculation that Dulger was in some way related to the king. After Fouquet's death in 1680, Saint-Mars discovered a secret hole between Fouquet and Lozun's cells. He was sure that they had Communicated through this hole without de- detection by him or his guards, and thus that Lozun must have been made aware of Doger's existence. Lovois instructed saint Mer to move Lozun to Fouquet's cell and tell, and to tell him that Doger and La, La Riviere had been released. Lozun. Lozun was freed in sixteen eighty one. Later that same year, Saint Mars was appointed governor of the prison of the Exiles Fort, which is now Exiles 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 A- E-X- Ex- E-X- in Italy. He went there, taking Dogger and La Riviere with him. La, R- La Riviere's death was reported in January 1687. In May, St. Marles and Dogger moved to St. Marguerite, one of the one of the Lorraines islands, half a mile offshore from Cannes. It was during the journey to St. Marguerite that rumors spread that the prisoner was wearing an iron mask. Again, he was placed in the cell with multiple doors on september 18, 1698, saint look took up his new post as governor of the bastille prison in paris bringing doger with him he was placed in the solitary cell in the pre-furnished third chamber of the of the Portaudier tower the prisoner the prison second in command was, was to feed him. Lieutenant Lieutenant De Junca, another officer of the Bastille, noted that the prisoner wore a mask of black velvet. The masked prisoner, the masked prisoner died November 7, November 19, 1703, and was buried the next day under the name of Marchioli. In 1711, King Louis's sister in law. This is where it gets a little interesting. I'll read that again. In seventeen eleven, from my notes and other things. In seventeen eleven, King Louis's sister in law, Elizabeth Charlotte, Prince Palatine sorry, Elizabeth Charlotte Princess Palatine sent a letter to her aunt, Sophia Electress of Hanover, stating that the prisoner had two musketeers at his side to kill him if he removed his mask. She described him as very devout and stated that he was well treated and received everything he desired. However, the prisoner had already been dead for eight years by that point, and the princess had not necessarily seen him for herself. Rather, she was quite likely reporting rumors that she had heard at court. Several candidates. One of the very most interesting ones, like I meant, like I said a few seconds ago, or four few minutes ago, was the king's twin brother. In a 1965 essay, La Mosque de Fer, French novelist Marcel Pagnol supported his hypothesis in a particular in particular on, his, on the circumstances of Louis XIV's birth, claims that the man in the iron mask was indeed a twin, but born second, and hence the younger, and would have been hidden in order to avoid any dispute over the throne holder. At the time, there was a controversy over which of the twins was the elder, the one born first or the one born second. Who was, then, who was then thought to have been conceived first. The hist- if you can follow that, that's a kind of a little loopy and twisty. The historians who reject this hypothesis highlight the, the conditions of childbirth for the queen. It usually took place in the presence of multiple witnesses, the main court's figures. But according to Marcel Pagnol, immediately after the birth of the future louis the 14th louis the i'm looking at the roman numerals here 13th took his whole court to the chateau de saint chateau de saint germain's chapel to celebrate to celebrate in great pomp contrary to the common practices of celebrating it several days before childbirth Aligned with the hypothesis of Louis XIV having had a twin, a thorough examination of the French king's genealogy shows many twin births. In the, in the Capetian dynasty, as well as in the House of Valois, the House of Bourbon, and the House of Orleans, Alexandre Dumas explored a similar hypothesis in his book, the Vicomte de, Br- de Bragelin, de Bras- de where the prisoner was instead an identical twin of King Louis XIV. The book has served as the basis, if not loosely adapted, for many film versions of his story. According to Marcel Pagnol's hypo- hypothesis, this twin was then born in 1638, and grew up on the island of uh, on the island of Jersey, under the name James de la Clioche. Clioche. He would have supposedly later cons- conspired with the Rue de Marsilly against Louis XIV and been arrested in Calais in 1669. There's a lot of. It, it, it's there's, a, there's not a lot of things that your research, no matter how many people do it, can clear up. There's a lot of things that kind of don't make sense about the man in the iron mask. Who was he? And sure, I get it for the several movie releases that making him Louis' twin brother makes sense and it, it, evol- it helps make the story go farther. It can go farther and get more legs and get more... get more... Noticeability. Um, it makes for more for better drama. That's the word I was stumbling around and trying to look for. It's very, very, the, the whole man in the air mask is really cool and really, really interesting. And I encourage everyone who listens to look it up and do the research that I did and my producers and I did and see what you can find about him and look up the true story. And it, it's just wildly interesting. It's really cool. So thank you all for listening so much. Stick around for a little bit more in the end here. Want to check out the best podcast and best YouTube channel out there? True, true friends of this podcast. Check out Fantastic Cruising over on Apple Podcasts and all your favorite podcasting devices and services give them a five-star review head on over to youtube look up fantastic studios give them a five-star review and give them comments they'll love that to death they are the greatest podcast out there give them a shout out want to check out the greatest storytelling podcast out there want to ride to hogwarts with hagrid Check out Common Room Talk on all the major podcast platforms. Tony tells you a story that will pull you in. You will be impressed and you will love it all the time. Please join me in supporting and giving to the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project. When you donate to the Pride Foundation... You join thousands of supporters building a better safer more equitable world for lgbtqia people and their families every gift whether one dollar or one thousand makes an impact for real people and ripples outward into our communities there are many different ways to join and help the fight also go on to their websites for the pride foundation and the trevor project and donate and help in any way possible The Trevor Project offers support and help for LGBTQIA youth all over the country and all over the world. Please show them some love and give them some support.